Come on, everybody. Here we go. Up to Neverland. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Detour to Neverland podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Wright, with your go-to podcast for interviews with Disney fanatics just like you. Now, let's sit back, relax, think happy thoughts, and take our Detour to Neverland with this week's episode. On this week's episode of Detour to Neverland, we have a very special guest, Alex Coleman from TheIntentionalMouse.com. Alex, uh, if you could go ahead and introduce yourself, tell your guests um, a little bit about your project and uh, what brought you on today. Yeah, so my name is Alex. Uh, my wife, Sarah, and I together are The Intentional Mouse. Uh, we are an internet Disney blog um, where we both go through our adventures in Disney, share a little bit of our thoughts, our insights, the things we're excited about. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much where we're at. Cool. Uh, when I first found your account, it was actually pretty early when I was starting to follow dis- different Disney accounts, trying to consume as much Disney um, content as possible. And your tagline that you have both on the website and on your Instagram account, Disney Obsessed on a Mission, it's really captivating. Um, what led you to think of that? And, and can you explain a little bit of what that means to you and Sarah? Yeah, absolutely. So for us, We've been Disney obsessed forever. I mean, my Disney story started at a very, very young age. I grew up in Southern California, visited Disneyland for the first time, probably a few days after I was born. Um, And for us, we wanted to find a way to give back to other people through our love of all things Disney's parks. And so that led us to um, this idea, something that was honestly a little scary to like jump out there and put our voice out there. But we wanted to create high quality content but we also wanted to give back to people who would not otherwise be able to experience the magic of Disney parks. Especially early um, in childhood, a trip to Disney can really change the perspective and, and change the entire course of a child's life and really open their eyes to imagination and inspiration and uh, anything like that. It, I'm assuming you guys felt a, a similar conviction. Yeah, absolutely. For us, we, we just always wanted to build in this, this ethos of giving back out of the things that we've been blessed with. We recognize that a Disney trip is not necessarily attainable for everyone. Uh, and we've happened to be blessed with being able to go regularly, both in where we live uh, and in the resources that we can spend to travel. And so for us, we wanted to share that with people who, who aren't in the same position as we are. And we recognize that we want to give out of what we've been given. And so just reading your uh, about you section on your website, I noticed that you guys are not fortunate enough to live as close to a Disney park anymore. So take us through how has that transition been and and is it harder to get to the parks? Do you find your time at the parks more valuable now? And how has that transition gone? Yeah, so we when we first got married, we lived uh, just north of Anaheim, about 20 minutes away, um, and we spent over 300 days in the parks in the first few years that we were married, which was incredible. We went like a couple times a week. It was so great. And then we moved to the icy cold north of Chicago. Um, And like, it felt weird, but one of the things we missed the most was going to Disney parks. And so we were fortunate enough that I worked in a position where I actually had my rent paid for as a part of my uh, compensation. So we both told each other, well, instead of paying rent to a landlord, we're going to pay rent to the mouse. So we invested in uh, annual passes for Disney World, 
Um, and we told ourselves we're going to spend basically all the money we'd normally spend for rent towards going to Disney World. And so over the space of the last two years, we've we've gone to Disney World several times and we've fallen in love with Disney World. Since you grew up going to Disneyland, and I'm sure there's always going to be a, a certain nostalgic feeling. Do you get those same feelings when you go to Disney World now or do you always miss Disneyland or, or how do you split your time deciding which park you're going to go to if you're taking a trip? That's a great question. So in my head, this is how I kind of conceptualize the difference between Disney World and Disneyland. I think that Disneyland is a great locals park. Uh, it's a place that we would go to regularly if we lived close. Uh, Disney World is the ultimate vacation destination. For us, I think we would struggle a little bit more to be local just because like fast passes are more difficult to get. Dining reservations are obviously notoriously difficult, like trying to snag that Ohana reservation is always a struggle. Oh, yeah. um, we've all been there, I know it. Um, and so for us, we love being locals in at Disneyland and then we love the idea of vacationing and spending uh, longer periods at Disney World. And when you guys go down to, Z to Disney World, I know it's kind of a, a dual purpose, I'm sure, of trying to gather new content, take new photographs, but also you're there to relax and enjoy um, all that Disney World has to offer. Um, so how do you balance that of, of how you're spending your days or does it just kind of flow naturally to be able to take pictures and, and be thinking of content ideas while you're down there? Yeah, so I think the biggest uh, the biggest thing that helps us with that is honestly my wife Sarah's patience. Um, I bring that tripod, I set it up, and she rolls her eyes every time, but she's a trooper. She like rocks it. She loves getting that content out there. I think it's changed the way that we view the parks, honestly. Um, it's gone from something where we are more like casual um, spectators to especially with like doing dining reviews and resort reviews. We think differently about the parks now. Um, having a little bit more critical eye means that I think we appreciate the little things a little bit more. Like um, you think about those four keys to Disney. Like we, we appreciate those so much more because we are actually looking for them as opposed to like, I just want to get on Space Mountain. And then after I'll go on Buzz Lightyear and then I'm definitely not going on Stitch after that. But um, I think, I think that kind of has changed our perception of the parks. Um, we see, we see the little things a lot more, which I think is really refreshing for us. Um, and one of the things that, that really draw, drew me to your account when I first started searching and, you know, getting into this community was that your photography skills are, are pretty advanced and, and you really know how to capture some great shots. I mean, is that something that you worked on over time or, or do you try to mimic anybody else or kind of how did you reach that point where you're able to get great shots around the parks? Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so I've definitely grown. It's pretty funny to see. Like you look at some of our stuff, like if you follow us on Instagram at The Intentional Mouse or you head over to um, our Twitter or you follow us through our website, those first like June, July stuff from last year when we first started out was, uh, was pretty rough. Um, and so I've definitely grown in my skills as a photographer. Um, I definitely have those like four or five accounts that I follow to get inspiration. Um, like Doug Does Disney is is a great photographer. I don't know if you follow him. He does some really, really great stuff around Disney World particularly. Um, so I definitely draw some inspiration from him. Uh, and it's it's honestly just a lot of, like you start to see like a photographer and you start to like view the world through photographs. And then from there, like clicking the, clicking the shutter is not the hardest part. Like you get to know a few basic skills. Um, you get a tripod, which was super helpful. Um, and it's honestly not the click in the thing. It's it's viewing the world differently that helps you be a good photographer. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I want to take it back um, a little bit because it's something that I talked about in my episode where I had this infatuation, this love for Disney as a child. Um, I was lucky enough to marry my wife. Um, I saw that you and Sarah are actually uh, high school sweethearts. My wife and yeah. I are high school sweethearts as well. That's awesome. And yeah, so we've reached that point where we both had this Disney childhood. We wandered away from it a little bit as we got to be teenagers, but then we both kind of fell in love with it again as adults. Since you were in Southern California, did you ever have that waiver or that pivotal moment where you fell back in love with it, or was it a constant, um, steady, you know, love that that you and Sarah both had throughout the whole time? Yeah, so I've I've had an appreciation for Disney parks for a long time. So I have this actually really hilarious picture of me as like a two-year-old kid. I've got like a Jordan jumpsuit and little like child's Ray-Bans on <laughs> my stroller at Disneyland with like Mickey Mouse and I'm so hyped already. Um, and so that was like my family's regular Friday night activity. We would all jump in the car and we'd head up to Disneyland, grab my dad on the way and we would do Disneyland on Friday nights. Um, but then we moved to Northern California when I was in middle school and high school. And so we kind of stepped away from the parks a little bit. We didn't end up going. Um, and so once I went to school back down in Southern California for college, uh, as basically as soon as we got back onto Southern California soil, uh, Sarah and I were back in the parks. We would, uh, we would go Sunday mornings before church. We would go to the parks for a few hours. We'd hang out, uh, and then we'd go to church together. And so I think that um, coming back to the parks and being a part of Disneyland again regularly really like invigorated us. All our friends would always ask us, like, how can you spend this much time at the parks? Like, it's not that big of a place. How can you go every single week? And it's like, sometimes we honestly just go, we sit on a bench and we just people watch all day. Or like, we'll go into the animation hall and we'll sit for the like the 25 minute animation thing, which if you've never done Disneyland, huge tip, sit in there, it's awesome. Uh, it's like our favorite place in the world. It's just like Disney music and original artwork. It's, it's so awesome. Um, and so we do different stuff every time we go to the parks and it kind of keeps us in love with the parks because we see them different every time we go. Yeah, but my wife and I are about to take our first trip together to Disneyland um, nice. in October. So that'll be really fun for us because I I went to Disneyland probably when I was 10 or 11. And, and we went and it was just kind of smushed in between going to a Padres game and to a Dodgers game and to an Angels mm-hmm. game. So we really didn't get to spend too much uh, valuable time there. Um, and of course, I was a child, but uh, we we're so excited to just view a different park that has that same familiar feeling that we get in Disney World. I think it's what we're what we're most excited about. Absolutely. It's going to be really cool. Have fun. Yeah. Appreciate it. So when you took that dive and you decided that you were going to start creating this this high quality content and you're going to dive into it, you know, fully and really make a commitment to doing this. And now that you're part of the Disney community, what's been something that you didn't expect or, or like a favorite part of being part of the Disney community that you, that you didn't anticipate that you would find? I honestly didn't realize how vast the Disney community is. Like I'm on like three different chat room websites. I've got like seven different podcasts that I listen to. I take part in like every single layer of the Disney community. Um, it's definitely like a black hole. I like fell in and I just keep like going down, down, down into it. And I love it so much. Like getting to see people on the chat boards and getting to interact with people like you're up in the Northeast and we're talking about Disney and we both love the same things. And like, sometimes we don't think the same things. Like I'll put out uh, a review of a restaurant. Like I did one for 
um, cosmic rays. And I was talking about like, oh, my experience was that the food was actually not too bad. Like, and then I had like four or five people responding like, I can't believe that you had that experience. Like my burger was so underdone. I couldn't believe that it was this bad and stuff. And it's so cool to like have that and to share those stories with other people. So I think that's what keeps like the Disney magic alive, especially if you're not able to go more regularly. Like if you only go once or twice, like a decade, then you got to keep the magic alive somehow. And so engaging in the Disney community is, is a great way to keep that alive. We, we really love it. And getting to have those conversations and sometimes disagree about Disney stuff is, is pretty fun for me. Yeah. It's um, funny that you mentioned that because kind of growing up and I've lived in Tennessee my whole life. And so we always just kind of viewed that, all right, we're 10 hours away from Orlando. We're about the farthest north that anybody would ever visit Walt Disney World. I I couldn't even think in my mind that somebody would fly from New Jersey or from Minnesota to go down there. And and that's kind of a a realization that I had as I got older, that people are coming from all over the world to visit this one destination. And they're all having their unique experiences and, and visiting time after time again. Yeah, exactly. And thinking about, and that's kind of where our, like our mission statement came from is like, we got, we see these tour groups from Brazil or these tour groups from the far East and being able to like, for them to be able to experience it is incredible to see the, like the growth of the Disney experience. But then thinking like there may be people down the street from Walt Disney world who will never be able to visit. Mm -hmm. who will never be able to experience like the first time seeing those front gates at Walt or at the magic kingdom or not being able to go um, to see the incredible, like, icons at art of animation and fall in love with disney magic like that that broke our hearts and so being able to to possibly partner with other people to give people the experiences at disney world is is something that really excited both of us yeah absolutely that's that's incredibly admirable and i and i completely commend you for taking those steps and and working towards that mission because that's that's something that truly uh, can make a difference in families and, and children's lives yeah yeah exactly so as you've created this content, I'm sure you guys have had different pivots and different uh, ways that you've wanted to write content. Kind of now that you have a clear vision and, and you kind of created your own brand, where do you see your content like evolving, or, or how do you see um, you guys continuing to ramp it up and, and take it to the next level? Yeah, for us, I think the growing of quality is the most important thing. So like I am like a photographer like that's what i'm good at but i definitely can grow in my writing specifically uh, and so i always try to be really conversational when i'm writing um i try to engage people with my content so sometimes i uh, i can tend towards like hype, uh, hyperbole and being hyperbolic and so i've actually got some really good feedback on some chat some chat rooms about like that's good that you want to be engaging with your content, but also like if you are looking to be a source for people who are planning their trips, like this is thousands of dollars. It's important that you're also being accurate. And so I always want to grow as a writer. I always want to be better. We also want to take our, um, our information abroad as well. Um, we're looking to plan some trips probably in the next few years to both, uh, Paris and to, uh, Japan. Shanghai and Hong Kong to experience the international parks as well. We're getting some good stuff with Disneyland right now, uh, and so we're we're looking to complete um, we're looking to complete all our stuff for Disney World. Get all of our uh, all of our planning stuff down. Continue to go and visit. 
um, we still want to cross off like all of the um, we want to cross off all of the resorts and review all the resorts. We'll never like we have to be okay with never reviewing all of the restaurants because there's just like far too many of them. Sure. Um, but we're trying to get as many as we can um, so that we can share our high quality content with people. And so down the road, do you think you mentioned that Chicago is icy cold and and the winters are not too fun? Do you think that you guys is that something on your horizon that you'll ever want to move? either back to Southern California or to Orlando to, to have easier access to the parks or, or have you kind of become accustomed to being further away and, and making it a destination? Yeah, we actually, um, just like a month or two ago, uh, we moved back to Southern California. So, oh. um, we are back within driving distance of Disneyland. That's why we've shifted our focus a little bit. We're still like, <laughs> we went, our last big trip to Disney world was in November of last year. And I still have content that I'm like, forcing out like at this point i'm like trying to get as much of that out but we've started to to dive into disneyland um and start to review restaurants and we've done some trip reports about disneyland and so we um we're definitely looking at continuing to to uh develop our disneyland content because even though it's not obviously the uh mega vacation destination that uh disney world is there's so much to do in Disneyland and the surrounding areas, and so much is changing. I mean, you're looking at Star Wars Land coming out, Galaxy's Edge coming out next year. You've got, well, no longer the luxury hotel. We'll see how we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, see if the city of Anaheim and Disney figure it out. I imagine it probably will. Um, but yeah, there's just so much that we can, so much that we can do, so much that we can review. Um, and honestly, starting to meet up with some people too who are fellow Disney fans at, at Disneyland is really cool. Well, if you could ever whisper to any uh, DVC owners ears that, uh, or any DVC reps down there that we'd need another DVC hotel in California, then I'm sure it would be much appreciated by the DVC community, but not Absolutely. Sure. That's what I'm saying. I'm, <laughs> that's why, like, when I heard the luxury hotel idea, I was like, I feel like we don't need a, like, we have the Grand California. It's an incredible hotel. Mm-hmm. We have, like, a moderate resort or, like, a DVC property in California instead, somewhere that's accessible to someone other than like the top one percent of people like that's that's a whole different thing we can get into that later but <laughs> but that's my my thing with disneyland like give us something we can actually afford to stay in yeah absolutely and I, from the dvc perspective i'm not sure how familiar you are with it but if you're booking outside of your home resort or where you own your points you can only book seven months in advance and so right. we logged on at i think it starts at 7 a.m central time yeah. it's seven Point oh oh point oh one tried to book the Grand Californian and they're already all booked up. So no, and you're gonna have to pay like seven fifty to nine hundred dollars for theme park view there. So that that is a very difficult thing to swing. Yep. So we ended up we um, transferred our points and we're using them at Paradise Pier. We're, we just oh, have a standard go. view, but I think it was worth it for us to stay on property get get access to the the morning hours and, and get that full immersive experience. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's a great resort. It's, it's obviously not the Disneyland hotel for its history or the Californian for its opulence, but it's a quality resort. Good pool. Long slide. If you're interested in that kind of thing. Yeah. We're flying out of LAX pretty uh, late on the day that we leave. So we'll probably hit up that day, hit up the pool that day and that'll be fun. Love it. Love it. 
Well, cool. Well, I think uh, we've covered some really good topics, and I think the next thing that we can jump into is the lightning round. Um, so I'm just going to ask you some quick questions, and if you could just you know, say the first thing that comes to your mind or, or just say a sentence or two about each one, we'll run through these and, and hopefully get a good idea of your Disney fandom and, and where you stand on some of these topics. Absolutely. Go for it. All right. So first, just name all the Disney parks that you visited. All right. So I've got Walt Disney World. You got obviously before parks there. I've done uh, Blizzard Beach, but not Typhoon Lagoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done Disneyland and Disney California Adventures. So those are my Disney parks, all the stateside ones. Gotcha. And you, and if you had to pick one favorite that you're going to visit for just one day, which one would it be and why? That's a tough one. Um, I'm going to have to go with Animal Kingdom. Um, I'm a big like immersive theming guy, Like especially for photography. You think about the landscapes at Animal Kingdom, and you've got – um, fly the passage there as well. I mm-hmm. have to go to Animal Kingdom. Side note: I, We have been to Disney World three times, and I had never got a chance to ride Fly the Passage. It just never worked out no. that, the, that the times didn't work out. But we were there um, just a, a couple weeks ago, and we saw that the time hit under ninety minutes, and we said we got to do it. It ended That's up like being a miracle. <laughs> it ended up being like 120 minutes because they were not oh, operating no. at full capacity. But I, I will say I've never waited two hours in line for a ride before. But that one was worth it. We we got off and I did not regret it one bit. Right, and the queue in that is so is so brilliant. Also, it's like almost a, a fun place to be anyway. So I I totally understand that. That's probably the only ride to wait over for an hour for. Yeah, absolutely. Still waiting on Navi River, River Journey, but I, I I'm not gonna. From what I've read, I'm not going to wait too long for that one. No, get that one done. The song is fun, but it's it's a really short, really, really short ride. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So um, next would be a Disney bucket list trip. So you mentioned you're going to Paris and then the Asian parks. Is, would that be your bucket list trip? Yeah, I think that we want – so we have this like crazy idea of doing all, all of the the Asian Disney parks in one like mega trip. So mm-hmm. that's probably a few years away, but – I think our, our bucket list trip would be getting all of done, especially to go out to uh, Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea with that um, with the new lands that are opening up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah's pretty excited, especially about the uh, the Peter Pan area. Mm-hmm. I uh, can sympathize with that. I'm super excited about that as well. Absolutely. So uh, let's see, favorite Disney resort. That's another tough one, but I'm gonna have to go with Port Orleans Riverside. Um, the grounds are just unbelievable it is definitely a deluxe resort mm-hmm. um in that it's just missing a few signature restaurants like skip boat rides because it's not very good but mm-hmm. um River, poor Riverside's riverside is definitely our favorite the royal rooms there sarah could die happily if we lived there forever yeah absolutely that holds a, a special sentiment in me and my wife's heart that's the resort we stayed out when we got proposed when i proposed to her in Disney. Oh, that's awesome that's awesome let's see favorite ride in any of the parks Got to go with Flight of Passage for both the queue and for the attraction. Gotcha. Favorite snack? So this is random, but I love the candied almonds that come from Animal Kingdom. Apparently I have Animal Kingdom on my brain because everything's <laughs> from Animal Kingdom. But they have these, like, they just serve them in a bag, and they're, like, covered in cinnamon sugar, and they're warm, and they're, they're delicious. I, I think I probably could have those for every single meal in my life. And where can someone pick those up? So there's a cart that's backed by Maharaja, Maharaja Jungle Trek. Um, and then I think there's also a stand for them um, just outside of the Asia Pavilion between 
uh, Discovery Island and the Asia Pavilion, if I remember correctly. But I know that that cart is for sure there outside of Maharaja. Awesome. That's definitely an underrated snack, so I'm sure we'll have a lot of people going and, and grabbing that and trying it for the first yeah. time. Yeah, they're, they're really good. Let's see. Favorite restaurant? Again, Animal Kingdom, Tusker House. Um, I apparently I like really need to fix it. Animal Kingdom right now. Uh, Tusker House, great buffet, solid food, character meal. We are like starting to be okay with like mass character meals, um, mm-hmm. but like the food is delicious. The theming is out of this world. Um, if you do want a a character meal, it's a it's a quality quality restaurant. Do you prefer it for breakfast or for lunch? I've always done it. I've done it for lunch once and for dinner. I preferred it for, for dinner. We usually do breakfast in our resort um, in, just in the room because we're always on the dining plan. We mm-hmm. do the regular dining plan. And so we save our, uh, our counter service for lunch and usually table service for dinner. Um, but dinner is, is real quality. It's interesting enough that uh, it's not just like regular old theme park food, but it's also really, really good. Absolutely. So let's see. Favorite Disney movie? Got to go with Princess and the Frog. Love the the hand-drawn animation. Love the songs. It's good stuff. Yeah, that's another one that's underrated by a lot of people, I feel like. You don't hear that too much as people's favorite Disney movie. Oh, I love it. I can I can listen to uh I can listen to uh, Down in New Orleans like on repeat. So that leads in to the next question is favorite song is it Down in New Orleans? It is not actually. <laughs> this is one that I um I think about like it's this is another random one I think it's the Impressions de France background song um, mm. as a part of the Play Disney app mm-hmm. they released all of the soundtracks for like Disney World and Disneyland and I think that I found it in there it is beautiful and it's I'm not like a big classical music person but it is it is a beautiful score cool I'll have to go give that one a listen I I'm sure I've heard it but it it doesn't stand out to me Yes, um, it is mesmerizing, and you can like I can now see when I listen to it, I can like see it in my head, like the scenes that go through. Sarah doesn't love the attraction, but I always make her go to it because I love it so much. Um, <laughs> and it's air conditioning, and it's Florida, so you always are hot and sweaty. Yeah, better to go, best to go like sit in there for fifteen minutes and cool down. It's a great score. Let's see, favorite Disney quote. This one, I actually had to Google whether it was a Disney quote or not, and then I found some conflicting info. But um, if you can dream it, you can do it. Uh, that's one of my favorites. I'm a big like dreaming myself that led to our intentional math uh, project. So you can dream it, you can do it. And and what's the controversy around that online? So I read a site that said that it actually wasn't Walt Disney who said it, but mm. it was one of the Imagineers who was behind the Horizons attraction in Epcot who actually coined it in the 80s. But they everyone, even the Disney company, attributes it to Walt Disney. So I don't know. That's just the one article that I read. Good. Well, good to get that disclaimer in there um, yeah. in any case. Yeah. And say the last one would be your favorite Disney memory in the parks. So there's one specifically. It's not necessarily about the parks, but um, okay. our first time we visited Disney World, uh, we stayed at Art of Animation Resort, um, which is by far Sarah's favorite. Uh, and the look on Sarah's face when we rounded the parking lot and we saw the 40-foot-tall sketch of Ariel, I think Sarah probably's jaw, jaw dropped to the floor in that moment uh, awesome. seeing that look on her face and seeing her so excited to to be at the resort i'm honestly surprised we even got to the parks because we just like walked around and just touched all the artwork on the inside and we walked to the icons um she loves art of animation resort and seeing that like pure joy on her face i think that made our our whole trip worth it 
That's awesome. Yeah, when we were down there just a couple of weeks ago, we ended up taking our puppy, who was about four months old at that time. So we didn't feel comfortable leaving him uh, boarded yet. So we took him down there and stayed with my sister-in-law, who lives in Orlando. And, and we took our dog, Louie, over to Art of Animation one day and took pictures with him on uh-huh. some of the different, you know, the... Uh, the rock where Zazu is and the Lion King and and the uh, treasure chest and the um, little mermaid area. So that was a lot of fun. But I, I think that would have been one of the last chances that we had to take a dog into a Disney. Yeah. Yeah. No longer, no longer a thing. Yeah. So we were, we, we barely caught that one to be able to get him in there. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. So um, just a little uh, last question, parting advice What's one piece of parting guidance that you can give to someone who is looking to make a change in their life that they feel this desire to be part of the Disney community and contribute? Um, and what's a piece of advice that you can give them if they're wanting to take that leap? I guess my advice probably would be um, that you should dive in uh, because that, that community is so welcoming. Um, no matter who you are, uh, no matter where you come from, the Disney community is very much so one that is open to anyone. Um, so if you're looking to start a blog, if you're looking to uh, start an Etsy shop, if you're honestly just looking to go find some good content, you're looking for a good podcast to listen to, some of my like favorite and most engaging content that I listen to and I read is from Disney bloggers. So mm-hmm. go out, check it out, dive in. We're all welcoming here for you. We'd love to, uh, to talk Disney with you, especially if you're passionate about it. Jump on in. That's wonderful advice. Well, I think that's going to wrap up this interview. Uh, make sure you go and follow Alex and Sarah um, on their Instagram at the Intentional Mouse, on their website at theintentionalmouse.com, also uh, the Intentional Mouse on Facebook, and uh, you can find the links to their Twitter and all their social media on theintentionalmouse.com. So, Alex, thank you so much for taking time to chat with us today. Uh, that was great, and, and we appreciate your time. Not a problem. Have a good one. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Detour to Neverland. Please feel free to reach out to me at detourtoneverlandpod at gmail.com and visit our website, detourtoneverland.com. There you can find the link to our Facebook discussion group and read our blog with trip reports, tips and tricks, and reviews from the parks. Make sure you subscribe to never miss an episode and drop us an iTunes review with any feedback or suggestions. See you next week for our next episode.